What's up, guys, and welcome back to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. That's right, we're back, and Brittany's back. Welcome back, Brittany. Where'd I go? I don't know. <laughs> for them, it was like three days. Where did I go? Yeah, Where but it was today. For us, it's the same day. Oh, that's right, because it's <laughs> I'm Thursday this week, yeah. not Monday. <laughs> we cut her out, guys. She's getting fired. They're rude as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, I'm glad you're back, though. I'm glad we get to do this episode. We get we actually planned this out last week. We planned it ahead of time. We're starting to get pretty good at that, actually. Yeah. Um, but we did decide to do werewolf movies. So today, for you guys, we're going to be doing our flesh and potatoes segment, where we're going to be talking about full eclipse with Mario Van Peebles, <laughs> and we're also going to be talking about Project Metal Beast, <sighs> which was. Interesting. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. There's a lot yeah, of things we have to least. say about that movie, although there's not a lot of information on it. Yeah. So bear with us, because it's probably going to be a lot of us discussing if we had a favorite scene and why. Yeah. We're or... going to be stumbling over our own hatred or love of it. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you been up to, man? I had nothing. I literally, it's the same as last week. Fucking work. Yeah. Like, just I hanging in just there. Work. Like, I work so much all the time that is my life essentially so i mean i was supposed to go to a concert yesterday didn't go like well you did go to that one concert well, last week though um didn't you go to a I show to a i saw concert? you on a lawn sitting oh out. incubus yeah you went to incubus i did i did go to incubus um our good friends bobby and cindy hooked us up and they had um two free tickets and fuck yeah they were like you want to go and i'm like Fuck yeah, I want to go. I love Incubus. Was it chill as <laughs> like, shit? Like everybody, it was awesome. Yeah. Like the the I I don't do outside shows in summertime in Arizona. Right, like, yeah. I did three last year, and that was enough. And I was like, never again. Yeah, I guys, would. this is like sort of mixed monsoon season here in Arizona, so it's like really humid a little right. bit, or it's more humid than it normally is here because it's like a, they call it a dry heat in Arizona. It is a dry heat. It is, but this is the time where it's like starts to get like a little sticky. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so well, I think I think I think a good story deserves a good drink, and I uh, prepared our Monday's drink for you. 
Because you got left out, and I felt like, you know. That's it. You always try and leave me out of the horror shots, and then you're like, oh, just kidding, bitch. You're going to have it yeah. anyway. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I feel bad. Like, like that. Just like that's how it, the show starts for me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? A lot of times. Well, except now we do a shot of Sambuk before we fucking get going. Yeah, we do two shots, technically. Goddamn terrible. Plus, we drink whatever else we're drinking. So, yeah. guys, mm-hmm. if you didn't listen to Monday's episode, you should. We had Patrick on with us as a little uh, fun guest spot, and we did a lichen choke because mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about fucking werewolf movies so we're going to go ahead and cheers to that if you want to find out how to make it by the way you can go to to our longlivethevoid.com to find out how it's made do you want me to tell you how it's made yeah please do okay so it's a shot or but it's a it's a drop of fucking hot sauce midnight moon moonshine and mango snapple is it the apple pie moonshine yes that shit's good it's actually not bad that shit's real good Cheers. I also want to let you know before we do this, when I was giggling at you talking about something, I spilled it all over you on my leg. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Because my boobs knocked it. <laughs> How that happens. Cheers to a good show, Brittany. Cheers. Let's get that little bite at the end. That was delicious. You liked it? Yes. It's different, right? I could drink like a million of those. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Probably not a million. I, I like dead, the little but... drop of the hot sauce, though. It feels... It makes it stingy. It's a lichen choke. <laughs> choke balls. a bitch out. <laughs> I'm Wayne Brady, motherfucker. We take shit from fucking zero and take it to like 100. Yeah, yeah, dude, it happens all the time. Zero to five seconds. But guys, I think it's time for us to jump into the flesh and potatoes segment. We're going to go ahead and jump into our two movies. We'll talk about it in just a second for our rare wolves. And if you're wondering what the fuck that is, we'll tell you in just a second. All right, we're back for our flesh and potatoes segment of Rare Wolves. And what does that mean? Well, we spent a very long time edited of course (laughs) (laughs) trying to figure out a good name for you guys and we decided that we would we're going to be talking about some pretty rare movies like they're not like mainstream they're very rare um i feel i feel like full eclipse probably had more exposure because it was an hbo movie right (laughs) however project metal beast right yeah come on so these are rare movies about Rare Rare wolves. wolves. You got it? You figured it out by now? (laughs) But yeah, guys, I think we're going to kick it off with one of the weirdest ones. (laughs) First, uh, one of the ones that probably has the least to say about it in terms of trivia. Mm -hmm. And that would be Project Metal Beast. Project Metal Beast. Which one am I doing? I don't care. You're doing full eclipse. Oh, okay. I, I don't care it. either You're way. Like, I picked it. I want to do that one. I'm like, that's fine. You do it. <laughs> <laughs> See, this movie came out in 1995. Boom. Boom. Directed by Alessandro de Gaetano, who did Butch Camp and Bloodbath in Psychotown. <laughs> he doesn't have a whole lot to his name that he directed. Did you read what Butch Camp was about, I by did. the way? <laughs> It's about a gay guy yes. that's like tired of the world, so he goes to a butch camp where a yeah. lesbian is like a dominatrix. Yeah, 
I'm they interested, did. but I don't think it's going to be good. Um, no, I don't. I don't feel like it at all. So let me give you just a very brief synopsis of this film. Um, so Project Metal Beast in 1974, an unhinged CIA agent injects himself with the werewolf blood that he found. After a killing spree, his body is put in suspended animation, then thawed out 20 years later by his crazy boss and a team of unsuspecting doctors. Yeah, and his boss is quite crazy. He's fantastic. And quite sociopath. Absolutely. Like 100%. So they had a team of three writers, actually, for this movie. So Alessandro De Gaetano, the director, was one of the writers on this movie. They also had Timothy Sabo, which is more highly credited for porn films right that he did such as pleasure spa mm. and he also did nightly amateur home videos which was a tv show that ran from 2006 to 2007 for like the like pay-per-view kind of thing basically okay kind of skinamax-esque yeah. kind of pay-per-view and they also had roger steinman who did or steinman whatever who did um phone which is p-h-o-n oh phony period yeah. y yeah um and illusion infinity okay um, so this this movie starred actually quite a bit of pretty good horror, you yeah. know, actors. And I was surprised actresses. too. Yeah, I was a little surprised, especially for this. This film was a pretty much kind of a disappointment from start to finish, but it had some pretty great people in it. Um, we'll start out with Kim Delaney, who played Anna DiCarlo. Um, she was in Body Parts. Yeah, which I haven't seen in forever. I was oh, just thinking about it. I love that movie. Isn't it like the Frankenstein movie where the body right. parts try to break off from themselves? It's kind of it's kind of along the lines of May. Right. A little okay. bit where they're trying to find the best parts essentially of these people that they kill and they they take It's almost like Reanimator in May. Reanimator in May kind of yeah. like they had a baby. Um but Body Parts is fantastic and I I just recently watched that again. Did you not really? That long ago. Yeah, I had it in my I saved it for a long time because I hadn't seen it before and I watched it um probably about 6 months or so ago. Huh. And which was funny because when I watched this I went, oh shit, that's fucking what's her name from it. And, right. And it's always all comes back to you. Sure. Like one foul swoop. Anyway, she's also in um, Stephen King's Nightmares and Dreamscapes. Yeah, the TV show. Yes. And she's in The Devil's Child. Right. Um, she's in a lot of stuff, but those are the three that I could really think of that people would resonate the most with. Mission um, to Mars. Yes. Which was decent. It was. It wasn't terrible. Yeah. Um, this also stars Barry Bostwick, who I feel like was one of the. Um, more well-recognized actors. Probably, yeah. Um, in this film, he played Miller. Um, he's known from Rocky Horror Picture Show and Tales of Halloween and many, many, it, many more. In Rocky <laughs> Horror, he plays Brad Majors, I believe, is yes, what it was. you're correct. Was the hero. The hero in Rocky Horror. Yeah. I hate Rocky Horror Picture Show, but... <laughs> he was sorry, also in Weekend's, Weekend at Bernie's, too. Mm -hmm. And one other movie I just want to bring up because I thought it was hilarious, like at times, like it's bad, but it's funny, is FDR, American Badass. Oh, that's right. It's so fucking crazy, that dude. monstrosity. Like it, it does make you laugh. It is worth a laugh, like at least to watch it once. Most importantly, this movie has Kane Hodder in it, who was the Metal Beast. Booyah. He is mostly known for his roles in the Friday 13th. Friday the 13th franchise, right. um, and he was in Jason X, and he's also mostly well-known for his roles in Hatchet and right. Hatchet 2. He's way animated in this movie, though. He is. Probably the most animated role he's ever done. 
he yeah, and he when he has most of his roles are very similar to what he does in this film. Um, he is very he does a lot of stunt work and yeah. his, or his early works are mostly stunt work and more animated characters, right? Such as this, which is fine. And, and now he has I I can't even tell you how many projects he has for the year of 2017. Yeah, I can't even tell you. And that. he already has like three or four projects to come out in 2018 and 2019. It, he is still working pushing that fuck the fucking boundaries and he is doing a incredible job yeah he's got that and you said the documentary he does and a little bit side shout out he did an indiegogo project um to release his documentary about himself and his struggles as a personal um his personal struggles as an actor and as a stuntman and everything that he's done and it's um kane holder from hell and back yeah and which has got everybody in it oh, guys yeah. um looks amazing it's like sits. it's almost like everybody's like fuck yeah i'll be there for kane hotter absolutely um danielle harris is in it sid hag is in it um oh fuck there's so many people I, in this i think film. john carpenter john- freddy krueger or freddy krueger robert england <laughs> robert england is in it <laughs> yeah robert england's in it there are so many people in this film i can't wait that for it guys there for it and it's out now it is. It It'll is be out, out now. now for you guys. It'll it, be out this past weekend, yes. so we're sorry we didn't report on it. It was officially released on August 26th, 2017. So it was released this past Saturday. So it's available now, and all of you that pledged for the Indiegogo, you already know, because it was released to you already, or it's going to be released to you soon. Um, however, it is widely available for all of you to check out now. If you haven't already looked into it, check it out. Back to Project Metal Beast. Back by to the Project way. Metal Beast. <laughs> we had to go fucking like boner in for, yeah. fucking, <laughs> for, for Kane for a minute there. So also it has John Marzilli, who plays Butler. He's mostly known for um, his role in Tales from the Dark Side. Right. The TV series Stingers and Fear. Okay. And there's also... I I feel like I might pronounce her name wrong, but Musetta yeah. Vander. Vander. Yeah. I think it is just Musetta Vander. Musetta Vander, who played Debbie. She's most well known for The Cell, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, she was also in Oblivion and Wild Wild West. And Oblivion too. And Oblivion too. Which yes. I forgot that there was a sequel to that. Oh, there was. I was like, man, it kind of makes kind of makes me want to watch those again. That and Arena. Those yeah. are like those are bad. <laughs> Um, and last but not least, he's more of a voice character, voice actor, character actor um, than anything. But there was um, Dean Schofield who played Ferraro. Ferraro, yeah, it sounds about right. For I, I never s- pronounce his name correctly, but it, to me, it reads as Ferraro. But he was in the Metal Gear Solid video game series. Yeah, I saw that. Um, as a voice, he was also a voice in Elysium, and he was in another movie called The Incredible Genie. He's been in a lot of stuff, but it's mostly a lot of TV. This movie. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah this I mean, movie is weird. It's it's weird. It's a little bit hard to follow. Um. I wouldn't say... I'll take that back. It's not necessarily hard to follow. It's just a little hard to digest. What are your thoughts? What are your feelings and your opinions? Uh, well, to give you guys a better idea what this movie is, like I, it's, it's easy to explain. It's interesting when you hear it, but it makes you wonder how it's even possible after you know what it's about. Because <laughs> this is what I thought. Essentially... There's two science projects going on. One that is dealt with from a while ago that's dealing dealing with a werewolf. As you mentioned, as she mentioned in the synopsis, the werewolf gets 
shot in the chest, and then he like takes blood out of it, shoots it into himself, and then he becomes a werewolf of, of some sort, right? Well, there's a secret military project going on with this, of course. Always. And what the one is the werewolf project, right? The Project Metal Beast, which is the convergence of two scientific projects. One is a, a scientific project about synthetic resin-style skin, and that skin can sometimes, because it's like they haven't perfected it yet, sometimes harden to the to the strength of metal. They're trying to figure out and perfect this issue because it keeps hardening into a, a solid metal form. Right. And so they're trying to perfect that before they go into the animal testing phase, before they jump into the final human testing phase. Right. But then cue fucking asshole Miller. Yeah, that, who's military and corporate at the same thing. Right, who comes along and he's the one. The, I'll flash forward, by the way. I feel like we should kind of take it back a little bit to how it starts. I mean, I'm not going to ruin anything for you with this movie because it's not it's worth the your first time, scene, dude. essentially. Yeah. But the first scene in this movie opens up to where they're in some fucking, I don't remember what some country, other country they're yeah. supposed to be in. Pretty sure it starts with a B. Bulgaria. I don't think it's I Bulgaria. Think it, I think it is. It's somewhere. Or Romania or some shit. But they're at this castle that's supposedly guided, or, um, sorry, guarded by a werewolf beast, right? And so it's it's um, Butler and this his cameraman or his sidekick or whatever that go, and they run into the fucking werewolf. He sacrifices his cameraman friend who gets fucking killed instantaneously, and then he shoots the werewolf with silver bullets, and then he dist- like he extracts all this blood, and then he. Like, does a final kill shot to his friend that he brought with him. <laughs> yeah, that was fucked and up. And then all of a sudden, that's over. And then they flash forward Yeah, and that's to... re- the weird thing about this part is that it's really important... It is. ...to mess they... with his psychology in the movie, which makes absolutely no sense because no. he does it so... Like, he doesn't give a fuck. It's so matter of fact, and just, he doesn't fucking care. It's yeah, he's like, oh, methodical. I need hamburgers. Bang! Like, it's, whatever. It's super methodical and very strict to the point, and he just, uh, he has no emotion about it. He's very robotic the entire time. And then fast forward to him being with Miller. He he basically kills him with the emotional response of wiping his own ass. Exactly. That's There's nothing else to it. He's like, I just got to wipe my ass. Right. It's pretty much this is a fucking dingleberry that I got to remove. <laughs> it's the best way to describe it. So all of a sudden he's with Miller and this team of scientists and this hematologist or whatever and he's trying to they're they're trying to figure something out so they can create this group of super soldiers. Right. And they're using that resin skin again because the failure of hers which is she's trying to make skin that's synthetic to help out cancer patients. They didn't get there yet. Well, they do. That was later. Really? That was I thought it was in the first 20 later. Yeah, no. oh, I see what you're saying. No, no, no. No, that's 20 years later. Oh, like, go ahead then. They yeah. get to what they what they come across is the hematologist is trying to discover like the components of the blood that he brought to them. And he gets pissed because they've used up almost all of the blood that he brought from this werewolf with no outcome at all. There's no information. There's no new anything. No testing. And he's pissed because he just wants... They, they are trying to do this whole project metal beast idea to create these super soldiers 
and he's super he's insanely frustrated so what he does is he sneaks back in the lab when he thinks everybody's gone he takes the rest of the blood or almost the rest of the blood and he ends up injecting himself with it in the bathroom he's like fuck it yeah, and then he becomes this... And then all of a sudden, his senses are heightened. Like, he's got this crazy sense of smell, sense of hearing, sense of feel, everything. And then he starts to lose touch of his own reality. And he goes and he rapes the hematologist. He kills somebody. And then Miller comes across and shoots him with the silver bullets. Right. And he's supposedly dead. Then he goes into this frozen state... For 20 years, fast forward to 20 years later, now they have the well, new group a, of scientists. Is it a frozen state? They just put him in like this tank. They supposedly froze him. He's oh, is that in, what it was? Yeah. It looked like water to me. I didn't think about it. It does. It looks like water, but they, they technically put him in this, what is it, cryogenic or whatever fucking like frozen state. 20 years later, which Miller does not fucking age. He looks the same. From 20 years prior to 20 <laughs> years in the future. He's just old all the time. He's just old. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> so then now they have this new group of scientists, which is doing what you were saying earlier, yeah, which was. He's trying to find all these scientists and he realizes that this these scientists have come up with a way to create synthetic sin, skin. Synthetic sin? Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, but they come up with a way to create synthetic skin and the skin is not, it's like. It's in unstable. Like sometimes it'll be perfect, and and they can attach the skin on the human body. But if it turns to metal, it'll kill the patient. So that's a good thing for Miller because in his mind he's thinking, "Well, fuck! I got this werewolf on ice. How about we make a fucking metal werewolf? Indestructible. Yeah, yeah they can't kill it. We'll make all these soldiers super powerful. Sounds cool, right?" indestructible wolf but it's not that fucking cool but here's the <laughs> fucked up part that i don't like about this movie first of all if a werewolf is able to heal itself wouldn't all the skin that they remove to replace with fake skin be replaced underneath it and regenerate and push all the fake resin skin off that's exactly what I thought. I was like, <laughs> like, well, hang on a minute. <laughs> hang on a minute. If this motherfucker was able to regenerate himself, why would it not just be a regular, a regular skin? How, why would it not solve the barrier that they're running into of what's turning it into a solid metal skin? Right. It would be able to attach to him and his blood source or blood supply or whatever it should regenerate as normal well maybe because guys what happens is he shot him in the chest like three times with like silver slugs right right so he's keeping this guy in a state of death but when the scientists start adding the fake skin to this dead body that he says oh we'll just work on a dead body because we can't get licensing for humans yet it's too unstable but we need to progress this skin technology supposedly lying to these <laughs> scientists essentially who are, who are making this shit and they're like okay i guess we'll do it i don't really understand i, I feel like this is wrong but i don't know why i'm doing it the, yeah they don't want to do it but maybe then- maybe the fake skin acts as its real skin because they've molded it into it and so maybe the fact that the werewolf when it comes back to life because they remove these bullets from its chest and then it comes back to life it regenerates yeah like the guy comes back to life once they've removed the silver 
all of a sudden the werewolf is regenerated. But they still add more afterwards, so they it do. still doesn't make any goddamn sense. Overall, though, the dialogue in this it's God like damn terrible. It's like so spotty. <laughs> like I don't know how to explain it. It is the weirdest thing. It's like how do we fill this? It's like I feel like they were having turmoil about how they fill the space. They want to make it fun and jovial. It was almost like the precursor of somebody who makes a big budget film but never was able to make a big budget film. Right. So they like they hit all the beats that they're supposed to hit, but they do them poorly. Yeah. So it doesn't flow right. It's like the dialogue, they were having conversations about shit. I literally gave two shits about. Um the yeah, that was the, probably the one of the biggest things that I struggled with was that this movie was an hour and a half long and it had no fucking need to be that long. Right. They had all these like <laughs> side sub story-esque things that they're trying to introduce and it makes absolutely no sense. Like, here's an example. And can we talk about the fucking extreme lesbian fucking moments? Right. Between, yeah, that's Oh totally. my God. Like, I wonder if the guy, because of whoever wrote the it. The porn or, act, Yeah. Yeah. The totally. porn writer, straight up, that was his contribution to this right. film. And it was so, I'm like, bitch, Obviously, that's what me and Christina kept saying. We're like, are they gonna make out or what? Right. I'm like, are you guys gonna fuck? Are you gonna lick each other's fucking poonannies or what? Is nothing gonna gonna happen here? Hey, not only are there Bunsen burners and smocks and safety goggles, but there's gonna be some scissoring going on up in this fucking science lab. She's like way hotter than like the male fucking like interest that she's into. that makes sense, She's though, because hot. they get along pretty good. There's a good chemistry between them. There's a great chemistry between them, and I felt more of that between the two chicks than between the main girl and the guy. Right. And the whole time, I'm like, of course she doesn't want to fucking come and hang out and play pool with you because she wants to fuck your your fucking friend. Like, she wants to fuck the girl. She doesn't want to fuck you. Well, at least that was believable. And I'm like, yeah, that was very good. Like, they, they did a really, really good job of, like... It felt genuine. That flirtation, whether it was an intention... Whether it was intentional or not... Yeah. In the movie, they created this very great tension and flirtation between the two main women scientists. And it was like, ooh... Are they going to have a scissory timber moment? <laughs> like, I was ready. And I'm like, okay, they're fucking hot. I am so into it. Let's make this happen, right? And then <laughs> they allude to it. But at the end, she kisses the man. And I right. was super yeah, it made fucking no disappointed. Sense. It made no sense. They had no chemistry. I wonder if they like had to change it. I bet you they it did. It seems like they did. Like, they went, the oh. producer was like, no, this is too much. I agree. I feel like they said people aren't going to respond as well. To this movie because it's so is set up that way it's almost like but yeah I, they're gonna get down but I'm like, like <laughs> we're gonna make this work maybe like, it wasn't originally it was supposed to be a porno it doesn't feel to me as much like hideous felt like a porno to me right this doesn't feel as much like a porno because to it me. is spotty there's like cool moments but then it's just like all of a sudden it drops into this like brain numbing dialogue and did you notice by the way like when they were doing the movie, like the music in it was like phenomenal. The music's great. <laughs> like this is like big budget type shit. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but the the guy that did the music for this movie was Conrad Pope, who did he did a lot he's done nothing but orchestration his entire life. So he basically orchestrates an orchestra to make music. You know what I mean? Like, I know it sounds silly and redundant, but I'm just saying, like, he or- he's an he orchestrator. He's an orchestra. <laughs> yeah. He, he basically has done big movies like Harry Potter, Schindler's <laughs> List, like, all these, like, 
everything you can think of, dude. I looked at a list of it, and he's just big. But he did write the music in this one. Uh, so I think somehow he kind of had access to the to an orchestra on the side and was able to like make it happen because this music totally did not fit. No, like it felt like a big budget film. It did. It really did. Like the music was just so out of place. Yeah, the music was at a ten, and the rest of the movie was at a two. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly how it felt. And you know my fucking love and obsession for Harry Potter. So. <laughs> The guy that wrote it belonged well in a bigger movie. Absolutely. And and it was almost like they stole it from some bigger, better movie and put it in theirs. Out of the two movies, and I don't want to get into comparisons yet. I want to say that to the very end. Yeah. But the werewolf in this movie was very different from most werewolves I've seen in a movie. So I have to give respect to it because in some way it, it reminded me of the creature from Class of Nukem. High. Okay. Mixed with like some sort of new werewolf okay. kind of thing. Yeah. What's his name? Literally had to be in this like these stilted weird lichen legs. Kane. Yeah, Kane Hodder <laughs> had to fucking be in that shit. And he had these lichen boots. Uh you know <laughs> what I mean? Like boots. he had these lichen leggings on or whatever the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he was he's pimping that shit. But I thought it was cool because like the like werewolf has these like red eyes and then he has like these weird porcupine hair that comes down the back of his head and like flops around like needles and i don't know it's just different he was hulking he was super aggressive probably one of the most animated uh werewolves i've seen in a movie other than cgi shit the metal beast was a very cool concept on paper (laughs) right (laughs) but conceptually in the film it was still cool I liked. I liked. It came across interesting and different, and it's a lot more unique in comparison to most werewolf ideas. Right. Um. So it it was fun. It was different. It was unique. I enjoyed him and his role of the metal beast more than anything. Right. In the entire film. When I was, but I mean, I struggled. Well, when I was watching, looking for information about this movie, because there's, it's really hard Nothing. to come by. Can't even find a budget. Like on I this spent film. like an hour just trying to search and search and search for any kind of like review that might have gone over some stuff. And there was like one review that was like best fucking werewolf movie ever? Question mark. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I don't Are know. Are you high? I like, I'm like, I'm like trying to put myself in that person's mentality because yeah. it's not a horrible movie. Like. You know, mm. I might actually watch it again, but beca- oh, no. only because some of the funny shit that happened in this movie that was unintentional, that was fucking hilarious to me and made me crack up. I'll let you go first, though, because... Are we discussing favorite scenes here? We should probably, because we know there's not any trivia. Favorite, 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 favorite scene. It is a little hard because there's not a lot of really great moments in this movie. Um, I, however, really love the small snippets that they have of um, Butler's character as he's kind of transforming and transitioning into the werewolf and he's part he's half werewolf and half human on the table right 
those were very cool and the effects were pretty cool and they're pretty good they're not terrible it's not the worst shit i've seen it's not the best i've seen but it's not the worst but it was a cool moment like to kind of watch his i guess sense of humanity kind of slip away as he's force-fed by miller these pieces of who he is Right. And what he did by photographs. Well, that was the weird part to me because this flashes back to the beginning because he's showing him pictures of the guy that... Well, it doesn't necessarily flash back to the beginning, but what, what he's struggling with essentially is that he's not getting the rise in reaction from Butler that he wanted. So while What's-Her-Name is off sneaking into Miller's fucking room and trying to figure out who this person is and what this guy is and what's going on, what they're doing. He's force feeding these photographs from the cameraman that was killed in the beginning opening sequence of the movie. He's force feeding him scenes from that and then pictures from the murder scenes that Butler did before he was killed. Right. That's what it was. Yeah. So he's trying to like reinvoke this like killer animal instinct within him to kind of like a uh, clockwork orange right to get the reaction that he wants out of him right to get the angry fucking reaction the werewolf reaction to make him be the monster he knows he is right um soulless so, fucker absolutely and that's exactly what he's trying to do and it's really cool kind of watching that transition be especially because when he does that that's when he first breaks off and kills like the um, one of the lab assistants or the, whatever the one of the main lab assistants and then they recapture him or whatever and put him back and he's not fully transitioned he's and got the, that's the restraints when they on. show him in my favorite moment where he's still half human half werewolf most <laughs> of the stuff that i liked about this movie was wasn't necessarily the action moments it was just the bad dialogue and shit <laughs> um i'd say like, it's really hard to explain this, but there is a couple of moments, um, like the part you're talking about. Doesn't he pee on the table afterwards? Yes, he does. And they and talk they about had... putting a catheter in this before Dude, he kills the, the black guy. Like, why in the fuck do we need to have this fucking conversation about urinating on the fucking table? I started cracking up because they show the pool of fucking piss on the ground. And he's like, I'm not cleaning that up. He's, I'm and not then putting the, a fucking catheter And then in. they're like arguing about who's going to clean it up. This is the kind of dialogue that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It's not... It's not that it's necessarily bad dialogue. It's just unnecessary dialogue. Absolutely necessary. Yeah. (laughs) 90% of this movie is unnecessary dialogue. And it was like, it'd be fine if it was like a comedy beat. Like, okay, but it's not. Like, they were being totally serious. There was also some really funny stuff. Like, I'm just going to mention this quick one and then tell this really great one. Colonel Miller, the sociopath who's like trying to orchestrate this whole fucking thing, this disaster, is like freaking out about something. And then Butler is like he's like he's like freaking about freaking out about how long it's taking to get the research done right and then he's like telling butler you worry too much and i'm like weren't you the motherfucker that was just freaking out about how the research is taking too long for like a five fucking minute conversation and now you're telling some other dude to stop worrying like <laughs> what the fuck is going on right now Oh, yeah. One of the best, and this shit fucking had me rolling because it's like a, it's like an accident in the movie. It's a goof. And there's a ton of goofs in this movie, by the yes. way. I didn't write them all down because I just wanted to pick out the ones that made me laugh in particular that I saw. So 
they figure out once this werewolf starts just attacking people and believe me by the way guys it just shows up it like doesn't <laughs> It doesn't like it's like, oh, the camera's off camera and, they, and this guy should have yeah. seen it. But all of a sudden he's just there. Bam. We've got a fucking werewolf and it's killing and literally like, everybody. And he's and like, I think there was one where he the guy was literally looking in that direction <laughs> and then he didn't even see it. And it's just like pops up. It's so fucking bad. And then this is the funny thing. So they finally discover that this monster's killing people after a few lab assistants go die or they're oh. after they're go dead. What after am I talking about? The lab anyway. and the cops. <laughs> after they die. Uh, but then they decide that they're going to create these silver rockets. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So guy has this like kiln and he's like fucking boiling down all these coins that one of the fucking other military motherfuckers. Silver dollars. He had all these silver dollars and they make this big scene about him having silver dollars and in the middle of this stupid pointless conversation. And then he goes and grabs those silver coins. He's like, I know how to save us. And he like grabs all of them, starts smelting it down into a fucking guy, gigantic fucking silver tipped, tipped fucking rocket, rocket, dude. Like oh. a rocket launcher. They build rocket launchers and they put it in the fucking rocket launcher to fucking they build three of these, by the way. They're called shells, he says. But they talk about killing the werewolf and how they're going to do it. And he's like, he they're, they're like getting ready to go wherever the fuck it is next that they're going to go. And he's like, he tells her to grab the shells. There's like two. And Debbie comes and she grabs the shells and then she's like walking around this table and then she fucking biffs it over a fucking like science stool and then falls and drops one of the fucking rockets like she drops one of the explosives on the fucking ground okay and i had to watch i literally watched this like five fucking times because i was cracking up so much she hits the chair and it doesn't look like an accident it looks like they did a really good scene because it's just like all in one shot. They didn't want to fucking reuse it or they didn't have enough film or something. And something. she runs into the stools. She drops one of the bombs. And then the guy who's already left comes back and he says to her, he's like, easy, easy. Not so rough. And then <laughs> she's like, sorry. And it's almost like the camera should have cut. But they kept it in anyway. You're right. Like, you know, when like sometimes if you ever watch behind the scenes, guys, they improv basically to just to keep going to keep the, the shot so they don't ruin the shot and have nothing to use because then they can use editing magic to fix it. Well, it's like they just didn't give a fuck. No. Like they fucked up and they didn't care. Um, There was a part where he he shoots one of the guys in the legs. It was the girl. No, it was the the uh -huh. Miller guy shoots another guy in his kneecaps, and then he falls to the ground. That was the um, the main uh, the the captain to the police. The one that had all the silver coins. Right. Right. The older guy. Right. So the he's captain like captain to the police. He shoots him in the kneecaps, and and he's like later when the when they're looking for the guy who was shot, he says, "Well, let's just say he's not jumping for joy," <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like. Really, dude? I mean, I'm like, Jesus so do you want to tell him how the rest of the story goes? So, so this he, is all happening while the werewolf's going around killing all the like weaklings. He's basically taking out all of the police officers or military-esque people that are there to help them. And Little side story whatever characters. Whatever doctor people he's running into or scientists. Right. Um, because the women have locked down the facility so they can kind of control the space. 
Long story short, after main bitch misses with the silver tip rocket launcher the first time. Yeah, because she has three. She shoots one at the wall. She shoots one thinking it's going to hit him, but it goes about 20 fucking feet awry to the side and then just like blows up the fucking wall, knocks all this fucking shit down on top of the metal beast, her lesbian friend, and herself. Um, And then she goes to try and help her lesbian friend that's been partially buried in the rubble of course, assumed she lesbian friend. Assumed le- she's a fucking lesbian friend. That's exactly what it is. They never make they never make it a point. No, but they allude to it so fucking much. Yeah. Anyway, so she goes to help quote unquote her friend, and of course she walks right by the fucking metal beast. Metal beast comes up and is still alive. Surprise, surprise! Like grabs her. It's this whole shocking moment. They have a whole cat and mouse game for about thirty five seconds, and then lesbian friend gets up and runs around at some point while her and Metal Beast are having this cat and mouse fucking fight game yeah, yeah. with each other. Lesbian friend ends up with the second silver tipped rocket and girl distracts him long enough for lesbian friend to shoot him in the in leg. The leg. <laughs> but it doesn't explode. No, it, it just goes in his leg. The best part about that, though, dude, I have to say this. Please this, do. This is one of my favorite things. Please do. When he, the the werewolf's like, fuck that. And they show it pulling it out because they show it go through his leg and it's just like half and half of his leg. And then when he pulls it out, it's like. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I died. It's like the worst sound I that you could have done. Like died. Like I literally like I there's like twelve people at the gym that looked at me because I'm a like, <laughs> so fucking stupid. Like do it again. I can't do it as well oh. as you. So good. <laughs> M- Mouse does that shit so great too. I can't do that. I got nails. I don't know maybe that's why, but it's so good. Anyway, it made me crack up was, at that point. Yeah, I was crying. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> Like, I had to stop because I was going to die on this elliptical. And I'm, like, working out like a fucking cheon. I'm like, I need a break. <laughs> After that. Um, so there's one shell left, guys. There's one. Sh- there's one rocket. One silver-tipped yeah, rocket once, left. Yeah. What, that sounds Only very dirty. one silver-tipped rocket. Yeah, it's not a red rocket. It's a silver Silver-tipped rocket. rocket. <laughs> I'm so ready for this silver-tipped <laughs> rocket. Um, but, yeah, there's one left coming towards them. Then all of a sudden... Fucking fuckboy that got shot like about 20 minutes earlier. He didn't get shot in the heart like they made it look like. He right. apparently got shot in the fucking shoulder and he's fine. He comes up and he's just like, oh my God, I've got this silver tipped rocket, blah, blah, blah. And then he shoots the fucking metal beast and it explodes. Dude, and a cool. All over the place. It's and it was cool. dope. It is pretty cool. It was cool. But it lasts like three seconds. Yeah, it's not long enough of a moment, but it's like he shoots it and explodes. It's about three seconds of fucking coming and then that's it. I don't even think they did like a replay, they slow did. down, you know, thing like it they normally do. It was just like, pew, that's it we're done that was it guys there is something that did you notice what happened in that part at the end end at the very end and this is right i'll get well we've already ruined it for you guys but we're gonna keep ruining it but any it's not worth your time don't worry you're welcome (laughs) um so they they literally the three of them crawl shoulder to shoulder like out of this place and then the main girl and the guy love interest dude kiss 
Yeah. And I'm like, what it's the so fuck? weird. So her lesbian friend is sitting there like, you fucking bitch. Like, and you can feel it because they alluded to the fact that she wants to fuck this chick, not this guy. And it, it was well, weird. that was the ends come scene. That was where That's the, the, the menage like, a trois. That's why I say shot moment. Right. right. And then all of a sudden. And they've got like werewolf guts all over their privates and stuff. You think that's it. And then all of a sudden they pan to this piece of skin that falls floor, that's sitting there solitary by itself. No, it fell off of him. It fell off Miller. Did it fall yeah, off it of fell him? Off, it, I miss, well, not Miller. Not Miller, but the, 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 guy the other military Ferraro guy. Or yeah. whatever. It fell off his arm. I missed that part. Yeah, it fell off his arm because they don't make attention to it. You see something drop and you see it hit the ground. And then he's like, all right, let's get out of here. And then it make starts it moving. The over. skin starts moving. So I it, guess that he got infected by the werewolf. If it wasn't for the fact that it was so horribly bad that it made me laugh... I mean, I may actually watch this again just for those bad moments. Like, it's not one of those movies like, you know, if you liked it and maybe you have some sort of nostalgia for it. This was the first time I've ever seen it. Please chime in and explain why. So, yeah, I have no like nostalgia attached to this, but it did make me laugh because of all the poor choices that they made. That's about it. I think we'll move on to our second one of our Rare Wolves episode. Rare Wolves. (laughs) <laughs> and this one's full eclipse. It came out in 1993. It was a straight to HBO movie. It was a HBO feature presentation. Oh, I just love that song, dude. I can't even like if you were if you're old like me, like that song when that song came on, it was like it's fucking go time. That was so good. <laughs> I have the video. That I'll, was like spot the fuck. Like, I'm, I'm impressed. I'll post the video of the intro uh, for the HBO presentation, the original one that I'm singing from. I'll post it below so you guys can check it out. I I know I'm I'm a nut about this, but if you if you know that song and if you don't know that song. Go and appreciate it. Learn up, young bucks. Do it. You young little bastards. Young motherfuckers. (laughs) But the story goes, the L.A. Police Department have a special team of officers with a talent for reducing big-time crime. The team leader has an excellent track record for crime reduction in other big cities. But his methods are a little unconventional. And, well, so is he, because he's a fucking werewolf. Is he, though? Technically. Is he, though? He is, but he's somehow added stuff to him to become something more. I have so many questions. This movie was directed by Anthony Hickox, who was the genius behind Waxwork 1 and 2. Hellraiser 3, which is Mm. up for debate whether or not you like it. I personally do like it. I took a date. I took a girl on a date to go see it at the theater. Of course you did. And she was so against horror movies. And I was like, after we watched this gory movie, I was like, you want to get a strawberry milkshake? And she always you remembered get that. A strawberry milkshake and fuck in my van? Uh, no, we were too Sorry. young for that. How old were you? I was pretty young. My parents bought me the tickets. And then Aww. I took, I think it was like 15, maybe 16. Oh, you just a wee little. In- yeah, I didn't. Cute. I mean, you know, I was still young. I don't know. <laughs> now people fuck at like 11. Uh, but <laughs> gross, right? I know, right? Fucking gross. 
He also did the movie Warlock 2, which I actually really like as well. I still need to get the box set for that. It was written by Richard Christian Matheson, who did the movies It Waits. Uh, he did a couple episodes of uh, Masters of Horror that he wrote mm. for. He did some of the teleplays for those. And he's also the writer on the TV show of The A-Team, which is so oh, weird. Shit. Right. Nice. Also, there was another writer who helped write this wonderful lost gem, this rare gem. And it was Michael Reeves, who he did a lot of fucking kids shows, guys, like TV shows written in the 80s and shit like that. Like we're talking like the original The Smurfs. Oh, Jesus. Like Dungeons and Dragons, which was on on like Sundays uh, on on TV. There was like Saturday morning cartoons and there was Sunday morning cartoons. And Dungeons and Dragons, I pretty sure it was on Sundays. Then there was Centurions, which he had uh, characters for. He did the real Ghostbusters uh, episodes. He did original TMT, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show. He also did work on the show Monsters. He did a couple episodes for that and the cartoon The Gargoyles. Oh, I love that show. I'm sorry. Yeah, and he did favorite. some Batman stuff too. The the newer Batman, the cool Batman that everybody loved, Batman. animated Batman. Sorry. No, my obsession with Gargoyles is goddamn ridiculous. Well, I watched it when I was younger, I for loved, sure. Loved that fucking show. So, like, it's got a lot of really weird people all together on this idea, right? So HBO was like, here's some fucking money, Anthony. Let's make a fucking movie. And he actually, for the first time, had a lot of money to do that. So he had seen a movie called Posse, and he decided, he was like, you know what? I want that guy. Well, that guy was Mario Van Peebles. Peebles. P-E-E-B-L-E-S. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Uh, Mario Van Peebles uh, plays Max Dyer. He actually was the writer and director of Posse. So this is how Anthony became acclimated with him. Uh, he also was in the movie New Jack. He, I think he directed this. Um, New Jack City. He acted in Sweet Sweetbacks, Badass, which is kind of a, like a black exploitation film from the 70s. Yes. He also directed a remake of this as well. And I think in the 90s or maybe, yeah, it was in the end 90s. He did actually directed this badass movie. Uh, He also acted in the movie Exterminator 2, and you're going to love this one, guys. He was in the movie Jaws the Revenge. Oh, yeah. Which some people consider to be the worst movie ever made. Uh, I think it's a little harsh. Not the worst movie ever made. No. But, but you know, the breadth of what you see is what you know. It's down there. Yeah. But it's not the worst It is the most hated Jaws movie. Uh, but oh, for sure. But poor guy. Poor Mario. He was also in Highlander, The Final Dimension. This movie, this action movie was pretty cool about robots, about Solo. He played Malcolm X in Ollie, which was one of his most recent big roles. Also, it stars Patsy Kinsett as Casey. She was in Lethal Weapon 2. She was the girl that Mel Gibson falls in love with in the second one. Yes. And then... He finds her dead floating in the water. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Drowned her. Awa- weapon too. Yeah. Drowned her awa- alert. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Drowned her alert. Yeah. Dead in the water. I thought she was the chick that was in the, the what's the guy from the rap guy that did the reality TV show that had all the chains? Flavor Flav. Flavor Flav. I thought it was that chick, the blonde. From Flavor of Love? Yeah, I thought she like blew up. No. You know what I mean? Like, I thought she just got bigger. And then I was like, oh, that's the girl. But I was totally it's wrong. not the girl. She was also in Time Bomb and a movie called Bad Karma. Not too many other stuff. A lot of like 
I don't know. Nothing I recognize. It's very like low budget, nothing very important. Seem like films. Also, Bruce Payne is in this movie. He goes by the name Adam Garou, which is the name of what Garou? Adam Garou. Yeah. Which is means werewolf. French. In French. For werewolf. Yeah. Ha ha ha. Uh, we get it. <laughs> cool thing is, is Anthony Hickox, our director, actually did warlock 2 right well there was a warlock 3 and bruce payne played the part of the warlock and this is the worst of the three by the way bruce payne is okay no way but he was in warlock 3 so there's a connection there he was also in solar babies uh he was also in another movie with patsy kinsett uh called absolute beginners so they worked together before uh he was in howling howling the howling six called the freaks he was also in a Necronomicon Book of the Dead, which I just watched not too long ago, and Highlander Endgame, as well as Dungeons and Dragons live action movie and Rekill. So he's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Also, Jason Beggy, he goes by Doug Kane in this movie. He plays one of the uh, downtrodden cops who doesn't want to be a werewolf. <laughs> right. Uh, he's He was in G.I. Jane, One Missed Call. And a lot of episodes of Californication. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, Paula Marshall's in this movie. She plays Liza. And she was in Hellraiser 3 and Warlock 2 and also Californification. So Anthony Hickox did both Hellraiser 3 and Warlock 2. She was like the um, sister or girlfriend in Warlock 2. And then she was the slutty club owner girlfriend whatever that dies next to the box in Hellraiser 3. <laughs> but yeah, so so what did you think of this movie? Enjoyed it more than Metal Beast. Okay. Yeah, it's way better than Metal Beast. It's way better than Metal Beast. It was more the... I don't know. It was more fun to follow. The story was cooler. It's more interesting. Okay. Um, But it was, it, it was... It was still a little bit hard to fucking swallow for me, to be honest. Really? Like, it just, I don't know. Like, I, 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 I didn't hate it. Okay. I will say I did not hate this movie. I didn't absolutely love it. Really? But I didn't hate it. But it was very entertaining. I think it's entertaining. Absolutely. I it's, enjoy it. I'll watch it again for sure. I would totally watch it again. And like I, I told, just like I told Mouse, like after I watched it, another movie that I watched at the gym while I'm working out, I said, all right, Mouse, like you'd actually probably like this movie. He totally would. He would. Well, I, this, I liked the idea behind it. It was it was pretty cool. Well, the reason, part of the reason that I thought that these two would go good together is that I when I saw the trailer for Project Metal Beast, I saw the guy shooting up werewolf juice. Right. And in this movie, they kind of do the same thing. Right. Well, they don't explain it. No, it's the it's the same kind of concept of the advanced soldier esque right idea. Vigilanteism for fucking cops that want to win on the drug dealers and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. So this was your pick this week. We actually have uh, a little bit of trivia on this movie, but I want to kind of give you a better understanding of what this movie is about. Essentially, there are these cops that are really good cops. It's, It's basically Mario Van Peebles and his partner who are really good cops and they basically are fighting crime together and his buddy gets killed in this like incident in a a club great opening scene it is a really cool shot like and they do some like really ridiculous like double shooting jump gun firing things which apparently anthony hickox was a big fan of some like asian cinema and like chinese cinema 
And they were doing that in China, but they weren't doing it in America. So he was like adding it. And I was like, well, damn, he's already a werewolf. Look at that motherfucker jump. Jump, <laughs> jump. Everybody. This was actually released as both an R-rated and unrated for violence, profanity, and obviously brief nudity. I think I have the R-rated version on VHS, but I think the one that's on YouTube was actually the full uncut. Yeah, but there's not not really much to it. By the way, Max Dyer, okay? Think of that name for a second. It's like very typical you know what i mean like adam guru or guru if you watch game of thrones you know what we're hinting at right dire wolf is an old ancient werewolf very much akin to what like a saber-toothed tiger would be to a regular tiger it's just an amped up uber fucking tiger so a dire wolf is an amped up uber fucking wolf Mm -hmm. so essentially max dire makes sense right like it's it's like he's they're trying to make a reference to Wolf. And they even make references to the bionic X-Men in the movie, if you catch that. Uh, but the X-Men, you know, obviously, you know, they're the mutant thing. But me and Christina were joking because we were like, oh, schnickety, schnickety. Because he was like, where? <laughs> like Wolverine. Right. Because, like, they grow these claws out of their hands. Essentially, let, let me break it down to you guys before we jump into some of this trivia, because I keep getting off track here. Werewolves exist... <laughs> People are using it like a drug. A officer who believes in the law, Adam Garo, let's just say he's gotten a hookup on this new werewolf drug. And he tries to convince all these like downtrodden cops who are like really good people to join their vigilante group. And they have these meetings and stuff. And Mario Van Peebles stumbles upon it because he's dealt with his loss of his partner. Well... His partner actually didn't die, and so he comes back, and they have this whole scene where, like, his partner jumps up on a bus and is, like, chasing after a car on foot, like, through the city, and it's fucking awesome. Like, it's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic, actually. This group of police officers from all over the country have joined together to fight crime in different cities, and Max Dyer is about to leave because he senses it's a little... He's like, are you talking about vigilanteism? Yeah, vigilante justice. What? Yeah, he's like, I don't want this shit. And then the girl, like, woos him in. The hot blonde, the hot skinny blonde is yeah. always the one to woo him in. Patsy Kinsett, who is Casey. Which, uh, I thought the other girl was hotter, but... You think? Oh, uh, Paula Marshall, mm-hmm. who plays Liza. Um, yeah, she's probably a little more curvier. She was hotter. Yeah. <laughs> Plain and simple. Well, and that's Anthony Hickok's favorite actor. Yes. He liked to reuse her. Anthony Hickok's actually said that when... Because I told you guys that he saw the movie Posse. Yes. Which is directed and written by Mario Peebles, and he was Van Peebles, and he was actually starring in the role, too. Mm-hmm. Which it's actually not a bad movie. I haven't seen it in a long time, but it kind of makes me want to watch it again. Uh, but I guess when Anthony Hickok sent him the role for this, uh, when he sent him the script, people said that he loved it. And he said it was funny because he'd never actually ever been given a script that didn't say black guy huh. next to the character. Yeah. So he was like, yeah, I want on this. So it was technically, he said that they were writing it for a white guy, but then when he saw his movie, he was like, "This ne- he's the one. And uh, so he said Full Eclipse was like the first script he'd ever gotten that didn't outright say just black guy in it. You know what I mean? So 
Uh, other than that, Anthony Hickox just loved making this film. This is one of, a lot of people consider this movie to be one of the last films that Anthony Hickox wrote of his reign of awesome. Like, in it, it's like the bookend sort of because even Anthony Hickox has said that he kind of jumped into just making money. Right. Uh, and it wasn't that he was just trying to be a whore about it. He just needed to get by. And they were like, here's this role. Like he even did a fucking a movie with Steven Seagal and it was called it was a movie about in a being in a submarine and it's called Submerged. Mm-hmm. And he said that was like a nightmare to work for because Steven Seagal hit him up and he was like, what if we didn't do it on a submarine? <laughs> And he was like, it's called Submerge. Of course he fucking did. Like, what the fuck? He said it was a nightmare to work with him, but the money was too good to pass it up, so he just fucking did whatever he could. I mean, he seems like he's a nightmare to work with. I've always felt that about him. Right. I mean, I can't say personally, but... I don't fucking know the guy. Like, I don't... Obviously, but I feel he just comes across (laughs) as a real piece of shit to fucking work with. Well, and this movie was before that, and he admits, you know, like, hey, you know, I I realized that I kind of went down these different roads. He's like, sometimes things change. Sometimes you just need food on the table. You know what I mean? Like, you just need to do what you can do, and you try to get work with the best that you can get at the time. So he said this movie in particular, HBO was super fucking cool with him about. They were like, hey, can you make a movie? He was like, yeah, I'll make a movie. And he's like, most production companies will fucking be up your ass every five fucking seconds. He said HBO never had a bad experience with them. He was like, they left me alone. I got my budget. He said, well, it did go over budget a little bit because they ran out of time and they had like six pages left to do. And then the HBO execs showed up on the on the set. He's like, well, I, I have six pages left to do. And they said, well, we don't care. Mm-hmm. We're going to shut you down in two hours. And they were like pissed because wrap he, it the he fuck up. wrap it up, motherfucker. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting because he, he said he really had a really very positive experience. And, you know, all this costumes and everything that they did in that movie was actually from Tarantino's costume designer, Jacqueline Aronson. Really? Yeah. I was not aware of that. Yeah. And this is like pre. Well, he wasn't not big like he was he was pretty big at that yeah he was big at this time but it's the same one which i didn't think like the 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 dress up was like that amazing or anything but the suits that these these people they would put on these suits guys when they would go out and be vigilantes like werewolf vigilantes because they would shoot up with this drug and then they would get all hyped hyped up on fucking werewolf Mm -hmm. and then like slice people up with like fucking claws that came out of their fists and like they had these cool get-ups i thought i thought it was actually pretty cool no it was cool like, it absolutely was i even though it was a slightly confusing because they try and feed it off of this like werewolf ideal ideology right it reminded me of time. like blade or something it did remind me of blade a lot i mean the opening scene in particular with the club and everything about that was very blade-esque the animalistic noises and that they would use were <laughs> like very tigers conflicting. And shit. Yeah, it's like <laughs> cougars and black panthers and bears and tigers and werewolves and like all this shit like mixed into one. And like, <laughs> like all the um, like, what the fuck is happening? You're well, selling this idea of a werewolf, but that's not 
that's not the animalistic noises that you're portraying for this scene. Oh so yeah, Brittany. Is, well, what's a werewolf sound like? Is it supposed? But it doesn't sound like a goddamn cougar. I'll yeah, tell you I that know. much. It sounds like a panther. A panther, cougar, yeah. bear, whatever the fuck they're doing. It's it, it ends up being this. I don't know. Like was my disconnect. All this shit rolled into one, but they're trying to pitch me the idea of a werewolf. I'm like, okay, I understand this. I, I, I get this. And they spent all this time at the zoo focusing on this white right. wolf, yet they keep playing a sound bite for a cougar and a black panther. <laughs> they were trying to make their own unique what sound. What is happening? And then when we get to the final creature that what's-his-nuts fucking transforms into... Well, don't go there yet. Okay, I'll, I'll pause then. Because <laughs> I got a couple more tidbits, and then yeah, we'll jump into that, I promise. Give me old tiddly bits. Um, Hickox, the <laughs> director, uh, he actually said that he got along pretty much with everybody. Like, everyone was great, although he did say that he kind of had a little bit of an issue with uh, Patsy Kensett. Really? Yeah. No, it doesn't shock me at all. Yeah, he said, I don't think that she was quite used to, like, shooting how they were, which was a little bit more guerrilla style. Uh, they gave her the money that she did, but she was, you know, she'd done, like, Lethal Weapon 2, maybe, and I don't know what was going on, but... I've done Lethal Weapon 2. Well, she, you know, they, they, they a lot of these sets, they'll give her, like, their own... Yeah. Hitchcock basically was saying he was just sitting around waiting on shooting because she was like, wait, I got to do my makeup. I got to do all this. I got to do that. And he was like, let's just shoot. Can we just shoot? I just want to shoot right now. We got to we're like get this done. Like we're on a fucking budget here. Uh, he's probably a little bit more used to doing it faster than she was. So but later on, I guess apparently she stated in a Sunday paper some sort of thing about the full eclipse experience or in a book that she wrote or something like that. She said it was the most miserable shooting experience that she'd ever experienced. <laughs> of her career. All right. And she actually, yeah, she, she did put it in her book as well, but Hickox thought that was really funny. That's extremely interesting. Like, I want to see her viewpoint of it in comparison to his. Right. Yeah, he said he got hit up by a friend. They were like, uh, oh, you just been insulted by Patsy's book. But basically, he was just like, well, she just didn't understand the pace of how we were working. Gorilla style film. Yeah. And we were working really long hours, sometimes like 14, 15 hour days. So she just wasn't used to it. But she's in Lethal Weapon 2. <laughs> she's a good floater. Uh-huh. She made a really good floater. Yeah, I float right around the rim. <laughs> you were mentioning the end scene. Did you want to talk about that a little bit? Because I have a little bit of tidbit, but if it's one of your favorite scenes, we could talk about it. It's not. So go ahead and give me your tidbit. Well, Anthony... I, I actually am curious. Towards the end of the movie, I mean, basically, we, we find out that Max who's played by Mario Van Peebles and Adam Garreau. They've kind of developed a friendship, but then he realizes that there's something twisted and dark about Adam Garreau, his character, um, or that character. So Max decides to kind of combat him, but he has to kind of like play along all the way up to the end. And then you find out, like, he finds Adam shooting up or taking like a needle into his brain and sucking out werewolf brain juice that he uses in order for you to change into a werewolf. But the thing about this drug or this werewolf blood or whatever the fuck brainism is you get addicted to it. And if you do too much of it, you become like so dependent on it. You like you get really fucked up. It's like heroin. Right. 
I don't know. There's like a couple of things that happen during the movie, like where the girl's trying to quit and he's trying to bang her. And then, like, there's a couple of crazy scenes with the Adam character and and Patsy's character, and they, like, it's kind of rapey. It's extremely fucking rapey. It's really uncomfortable. He is asserting his dominance in the fact that he's the alpha in the situation. He will always be the alpha in the situation. The top dog. He's the top dog. He literally comes in and smells the fucking air. And then smells the floor and the couch of where her and Max's character fucked like the night before or whatever. Right. And he can sense all of it and he can smell her fucking pussy and his fucking wiener or whatever the fuck he's smelling. He can smell it in the air and he brings her back and she's like, you told me to do whatever it takes to turn him or to bring him on board or whatever. He's like, well, I didn't tell you to fuck him. Yeah. I'm top dog around I'm here. I'm top dog around here. And then he, like, fucking rapes her. And it's super awkward and uncomfortable. <laughs> like, I mean, any rape scene is super awkward and uncomfortable. Well, yeah, but, like, this gonna... one in particular, I'm just like... He looks pretty dark. I mean... He looks fucking terrible. Oh, it's, Anthony it's, Hickox it's said that, like, Adam, the, the guy Bruce Payne, who mm-hmm. played Adam Garot, he said that he was, like, like, everybody on the set was having fun together except for him. He was very professional. He was like, okay, let's do the scene. I'm here early. Let's, uh, whatever you need, I'm ready to go. He was just super professional. Like, I am ready to do this. What do we need to do? Right. I got my lines down, everything like that. But he said that that scene is super powerful. And he was like, it was just so believable. Like It, it was. And like how he looked and everything. It's far more believable than the scene that she had about 20 minutes prior to that with Max's character. Yeah. That was so, like straight up Skinamax. It was stupid as fuck. It was so not sexy and just forced and I, I don't know. I didn't believe it at all. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, so they're going to fuck now. Like, that's cool. Like, and then 10 minutes later, they finally fuck. <laughs> okay. Yeah. About fucking time. I think that was one of the scenes that was cut in the uh, R version. Right. They obviously, like, kind of cut that down quite a bit. Um, right. But the scene with her and... Guru. Guru. The scene with her and Guru where he's reasserting his dominance that he's the top dog and the alpha male in the situation, though, was extremely fucking uncomfortable. Right. Well, I mean, he's supposed to be a scumbag. He is, but so. they their chemistry together was able to better form the idea, the rape concept behind it, versus her scene with the other male prior to that, because that felt so scripted and forced. And well, it was it's supposed to be real love. It's not real love. There's nothing about it that felt... <laughs> no dynamic between the two of them at any point felt like real love or an actual connection. Even the part where she's dying on the fucking beach, and he's there with her during that, and she's convincing him to take the final fucking like hit of the drug or whatever. So right, and then they jump out the window or whatever. Is was, that the part? No, it was oh. after that. Okay. Because he finds out as she's like, take me to the beach. He can't smell us there. Yeah, and then whatever. they roll around on the water. And I'm all like, what the fuck are you even talking about? Like, why can't he sense you there? That makes no sense. Because dogs can't can't trace a scent over the water. Is that the point? Yeah. Okay, well, I, to me, I was like, what? <laughs> 
They didn't touch on I mean, it made sense to me. It's a loose point. Yeah, I, I don't know why it. they made a big I mean, deal a very, about it. They did make a big fucking deal about yeah. it. And so they go, and it's super dark. You can't see shit going on in the fucking scenes. Right. And then all of a sudden, she's just like, I stopped cold turkey like multiple days ago. I'm going to die here. Whatever. Well, cause they, well that, that comes later because she, she quits cold turkey, and Adam Garou, or Garou character... Keep fucking that up. I need to. Adam. I'm just going to say Adam from now on, guys. So just feel me on this, all right? Because I'm tired of saying it. Top dog Adam. Uh, (laughs) So top dog Adam finds out that they are still seeing each other or fucking or whatever the hell it is. And they're in their den, their wolf's den, which is where Adam lives. There's all these cubbies for all these cops and everything like that. And she's like, run with me. And they run and jump out the window and fall on the ground. And, of course, you know, Mario's character, Max, is fine. But she's not. She hits the car, and she's been cold turkey for, like, days. So she's, like, dying. And then doesn't she just die? Yes. Yeah. There's no, like, they, they get there and they have one dose left of... Yeah, and of, she gives it to him. ...of his blood or whatever to keep them strong in this werewolf. She's like, sense. I can't fight him. You have and to. And she's like, I've, I've really got hurt in that fall. I can't, blah, blah, blah. I'm not strong enough. You take it. And, like, he takes it, apparently, and she literally just... Two seconds later, <laughs> dies on the screen. That was pretty cool. <laughs> but there's, you can't see anything that's happening. It's so dark and just done terribly. And then all of a sudden, she's just fucking dead. And he just gets up and leaves. And then cut scene to the next part. Like, it's, it's so just, I don't know... You can't have a feeling about it. You can't really produce a thought I or got a feeling, a feeling about it. It was just so, it's so, I don't know, underproduced in that Yeah, the love it? element was pretty bad. It but, was so subpar. But there is, like, what I do like about it is that there is some cool fucking action in it. It's mm-hmm. a different, unique idea. The fact that people are using werewolf fucking blood as a fucking drug is super cool. Oh, I, ag- super, I agree. Super edgy for its time. It's long before fucking, like, Blade and shit like that, where it got, like, super twisted into the action realm. I don't know. I, th- I think I think it's a it's a pretty cool idea. But the one thing that did bother me is there's an end fight scene, guys, and this is probably going to be spoiler territory for you. Um, so earmuffs. They're I guess. fighting. They're fighting on top of a in a shipyard, and they're fighting on top of one of the crates. And it is kind of a crappy scene. Like you would expect this to be like this really awesome fight scene, and it's not. It's not. Yeah, like they they get up on this crane. And then, the, and then they cut the fucking wire, and then they fall, which is kind of funny. I kind of laughed at that part. Uh-huh. And then they fight. How does he kill him? I forget. He shoots him in the chest, right? With a no, that's prior to. He shoots him with the silver bullets prior to that moment. Is that? And then he thinks he's dead. Oh, because it's black. Oh, that's right. Because there's a full up. lunar. Eclipse. And he says, you didn't listen to me or whatever. I am completely safe when there's a full eclipse. That's when he turns into the full beast mode. And then he's full on fucking beast mode after that. And you're just like, oh shit, it's about to get fucking real. And then they do this lame fucking fight scene on top of right. just like shipping crates 
And it's just, well, I was so underwhelming was my, my biggest issue with it. Anthony Hickox really, really hates the end werewolf scene. He said that it was just, the, the suit itself was just too heavy, and they kind of had to build it, like, last minute, so they didn't really get to, like, fine-tune it to make it better. So he wanted a really fast-moving werewolf, kind of like what was in Metal Beast, okay. almost. But they didn't have enough time, so it was oh. put together really late. But Sorry, I, I totally remembered what we were trying to figure out about how he kills him. He does this, like, he he comes up at some point, like, m- not midway, but a little bit later into the film with this, like, silver nitrate concoction. That's right. That he comes up with. Yeah, because he goes to the place and he's like, give me the silver nitrate. Right. And it's yeah. it's it. It's it's kind of weird how they build up to that point and how they explain it. But in the end, it's this silver nitrate concoction that he ends up creating, which is what, once the full eclipse is over, is what ends up killing Adam. Right. It was weird. Well, he stabs it in his neck. He stabs it in the werewolf's neck, and then he dies, and he was like, Don't let it die with me. Take it on for you. If you lay in my blood, you can have the power. Right. And you're like, well, why would he do that? He just why would fucking, he not do that? Yeah, like, well, he's like, so then, mm. but I don't know. No, like, I see the point you're making. I see the point you're trying to make. Because he's that like the moral, ethical guy. Absolutely, because he just had this whole, he literally had this huge moral, like, ethical battle. Right. And the whole time I'm thinking, why the fuck does any of this matter? <laughs> he's killing bad guys and drug lords and horrible fucking people. Yes, he's going from city to city doing this and yes, he's taking out his crew in the meantime while he's doing it. Right. But he's taking out horrible fucking human beings. Why does it fucking matter? Well, obviously I don't understand he was the problem. Well, here's the thing though. Werewolves are technically always been portrayed as bad, right? right? So this is a guy who is trying to exact revenge only on the bad guys but not above the law. So he's just misguided. He's not necessarily a bad person, although right. he does kind of rape Patsy Kinsett. He does, which is tor- It's kind of dark, right? However. But that's just animal instinct, right? So, yeah, so maybe that's why. Dog. Well, they're dogs, so that's what they do. Dominance. They pretty, I mean, like, animals rape each other, don't Pissing they? Pissing all over her, essentially, to be like, this is my bitch, not your bitch. Yeah, I'm going to reassert the fact that this is my bitch, well, at least, not yours. At least they didn't, like, cut in and, like, show him like trying to get his dick out of her because it's a barbed penis yeah. <laughs> for like 10 hours <laughs> bruce Payne's like fucking like drinking coffee right i just i oh, you're not wrong <laughs> um, that was one of the things that i just didn't understand the end plot of this movie though was why does it fucking matter what he's doing like sure it's wrong that he's taking out his cohorts like he's he's the only one that survives these raids that he does at the end right sure that's wrong that he's totally double crossing all of these like police officers that have been through some shit that trusted him and became part of this vigilante justice crew because he recruited them right and they trust in him sure that's wrong but still with the exception of a couple people he takes out because he knows that Max's character is on to him, he's taking out drug lords and 
crime bosses that are horrible fucking people. So what's the problem? Right. I think it's just because that's what I didn't understand. Yeah. I know. I get it because it's it's a moral ethical thing. I'm like it's, let him do what the fuck he's it's doing. It's just it's just a moral ethical thing. Like you know, should we be killing people? It's against the law. You know, do we need fuck to <laughs> to be the the judge dread of werewolves right yes, now? Yes, we do. <laughs> fuck these people. Everyone he's killing deserves it at this point. Like that's why. I'm like, why is he the bad guy? Like, well, I, don't, I don't understand. Like, I think I, it's okay to because because they were wrong a couple of times. They I were. Think, get it. So that's why. You definitely allude to that fact, right? And they were kind of saying that that it, that they had fucked up a couple of times. They went a little too far because Max was on board a little bit, and then he was like, "Whoa!" But what about favorite scenes there? I don't want to ruin the very end for everybody. I'm not going to ruin the very end. Um. Do you have any favorite scenes? I do. I actually, I really love the beginning. The beginning scenes for me were the most interesting. Um, when they're taking over the club or? No, I like the, I like the opening scene. Right. However, the scene with his original partner um, after he's been injected with this special werewolf serum yeah, shit. Yeah, after he's been lichenatered. Lichenatered. Um, and no one's aware of it. Um, but they have the drive-by shooting scene, um, and his partner ends up climbing on top of all these cars in this bus, and he jumps on the back of this motorcycle, and um, ends up... I'm, I don't want to totally spoil it. No, it's fine. Because it's a pretty cool scene. It's in the beginning. It's fine. But he ends up on the back of this motorcycle, gets shot in close range twice while Max's character is watching this whole thing and he's going, holy fuck. Like, he's trying to like, chase after fucking him. Fucking yeah. Robocop. What's happening? Why is he not dead? This guy was just shot three times. Well, he's like, first of all, his, a week ago. Yeah, his partner died. He didn't die. Yo, he died. No, he was on life support in the hospital. He didn't die. Oh, I he thought wasn't he, oh, a, you're he right. He wasn't dead. You're he right. wasn't dead. And then they came in and they injected him. But he was on life support. He didn't. It didn't look promising. But he wasn't dead. Right. He just but comes back, bounces back the same day. Literally next two day. days later, yeah. he's back and he's working. And right. He's so he's super confused. And so then that day, he's arguing with the donut gu- donut shop guy about the sprinkles and the sugar or whatever and the fucking donuts. And then cue the drive-by scene where all these innocent people get fucking killed, which bothers the shit out of me. But anyway, and he ends up on the back of this motorcycle, gets shot super close range where anybody would have died normally. And Max's character is watching this whole shit go down. He ends up like um, taking the guy, the, the bad guy that's on the motorcycle, and he speeds it up to top speed as he's behind him after he's been shot multiple times and should be dead by this point. Right. And crashes this motorcycle into the into this brick wall, but miraculously ends up unscathed. Yeah, he like at it, the like, end of it. Max pulls up where the accident happened, and he just sees his friend stand up. It's just fire. and turn around, and he's just like smiling. Yeah, and it's it's a cool fucking scene. That and is totally cool. You can see in his face, like Max's face, where he's trying to analyze what just happened. Right. And that was very great acting well he did like part. cool wire work his partner he like mm-hmm. jumped up on the bus and was like was just like, jumping over car onto cars and it was pretty cool like was really I, cool. I was like wow this is pretty fucking awesome this is like a good scene it was uh another one that i would say was a really funny little silly scene because we've already kind of talked about one of my other favorite scenes is when patsy kinsett like they when she's trying to show max what they do 
they go to a drug lord's party and they're mm. across the water and he's like so what you're gonna go kill all these guys and she's like bullets and butthead <sighs> yes okay thank you <laughs> that part made me laugh i was <laughs> so like oh wow bad. that's the time age of the you know that's the time right there what that was going on it was great yeah i loved that i actually really liked that scene in its entirety. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was really, it's a, it's really cool. If you if you actually pay close attention to the fight where they're killing people, you can kind of tell that it's not like they're really killing them or fighting. It's kind of bad in that sense, but oh, it's the idea of it is the point is 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 delivered. Fun. I really From like this movie. I don't finish. think it's my favorite movie of all time. Not at all. It's just one of those <laughs> ones that's like, oh shit, there was this movie. And I didn't mind this too much. No, like this, I really like it. This is something I hadn't I had heard of, but I had never watched. And it was something you really wanted to check out and you were yeah. very adamant about. And I was like, okay, like we'll check this out. And then especially after I watched Project Metal Beast, I said, It can't be worse. Please don't let it be worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> than this movie. I have like I said, um, I have it on VHS and it's like no, it was, I've had it forever. I didn't hate it. And you know what? I mean and it wasn't H it was an HBO movie and you can kinda yeah. tell a little bit that it was an HBO movie, but it it was overall it was an experience and it's it was fun to watch. And I know I say that a lot that movies are fun, <laughs> but it was fun. Yeah, I enjoy it. I think I, I think it's better it. than Metal Beast or well It's a million fucking times Project, than Project Metal, Beast. Metal Beast. But but there is some cool things that I liked in that movie that they did. There's just very few and it's inadvertently funny. Right. Like in a sloppy way, like sloppy acting, sloppy writing, sloppy. Everything about that movie is yeah. sloppy dicks. Sloppy but it, but it's worth a watch. Like if you guys have never seen and you want to watch a werewolf movie, Project Metal Beast is, is, is it's, it's kind of a surprise. Like you haven't seen it kind of thing. Because the idea and everything that they talk about, like, is pretty cool. It's actually not a bad idea. But it when, when you execute it or how they executed it, horrible. And it's very disappointing. And you know what? It's like when you talk about different types of like horror genre or horror creatures and stuff like that, I feel like, I mean, werewolves definitely have their place, but I feel like they've gotten the the, the shit, shit end of the stick. stick. Yeah, like... Jinx, you owe me a battle like, tank. Well, it's like, drac- <laughs> like vampires always get the cooler stuff. Uh, werewolves, like, you know, there's like a group of people that just like really love werewolves, but I'm kind of like... I, I probably like werewolves more than, than vampires. I like werewolves more than vampires. Yeah, I, I do just because, like, it's just hawking beast, and it's just fucking interesting. Well, and when you take these two movies who di- try to turn the genre on its head and do something completely different, you literally almost have, like, movies that were making Blade before Blade. Mm-hmm. Like, this these movies were doing something that Blade could have done. Right. Or, or Blade wanted to be, you know, it could have been inspired by it yeah, for all Blade's we know. Yeah, a million times better than both. Sure, movies. but like when you watch Underworld, you root for the lichens. Uh, I yeah. root for the lichens. Uh, no, 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 no. I do too. But I just it, that that movie or that franchise became very Resident Evil to me. Oh, absolutely. There was good things. Like I was super excited to see that franchise, Underworld. 
the first movie the first I really fantastic. liked, but I hated the fucking end monster. I thought that the creation of the vampire and werewolf should have been so much cooler, dude. Agreed. Like, it could have been so much cooler. Like, make a fucking werewolf with wings, for Christ's sake. I don't give but, a fuck. Don't paint a guy blue and then put <laughs> fangs in his fucking mouth. What is he, fucking vampire smurf? But the first like, movie is Jesus fucking fantastic. Christ. You're right. It did become very Resident Evil-esque. It really got silly. First movie in the franchise is so fucking good. Right. I mean, there's good stuff and in it. There's, there's stuff good, chucked in there's it. There's good bits and pieces or meat and potatoes, have you, yeah. in each film in that franchise. Sure. But still, you root for the goddamn Lycans the entire time. Probably, yeah. I do. But back to these two movies. Yes. I really think that these were the precursor for stuff like Blade. They were action films that were trying to be action films on a lower budget. And imagine uh, what what they would have been if they would have had like this gigantic budget because they really did kind of push the boundaries, especially, right. in my opinion, Full Eclipse. Um, Metal Beast was different in the sense that they were shooting up stuff. It was very different. Yeah. Well, they're, they're shooting up... <laughs> in well full eclipse Eclipse did it first and then it was the metal beast right but they had they they shared that concept with each other however the stories are but for the most part vastly different but i have to say without a doubt full eclipse beats metal beast hands down yeah project metal beast is still worth a view (laughs) if you want to laugh at their mistakes it's still a valiant effort really bad dialogue don't watch it while working out not a motivator no i can't imagine yeah see if you like it if you like werewolves you owe it to yourself to at least see it you do because the creature in it is really fucking cool and the eyes are red oh, and yeah. weird shit like it's i great. like it kane does a fucking great job i think so as, as and the character the creature beast. design too absolutely it's it's fantastic it feels budget. like a low budget it just has elements that are big budget right which is weird it's confusing and conflicting and it's really odd so i i definitely i mean if i had to give that one a, a score i'd probably give it like a three that's where I'm at. Probably a two or three, somewhere in I'm there. Giving it a probably a two and a half out of ten. Really, Maybe I would give a three, and I would give Full Eclipse. I would give it a definite six or seven. I give it a six out of ten. I think it's original, so it's like it's it's hard to judge, but it's still a really cool kind of like concept. Overall, it was pretty solid. Yeah, and it's I one would, that I'll definitely go back and watch. I would too, and yeah. I I feel like this is one that I know like Mouse in particular would actually really enjoy. Yeah. So I'll go back and watch it with him, and just literally stare at him the entire time he watches it, just to see his reactions. <laughs> like Star Wars reactions. Yeah. <laughs> Well, guys, I think that's it for the show. It went a little longer than normal, but we thank you so much for stopping by and listening this Thursday. I hope you enjoyed our talk about fucking rare wolves. And uh, if you have seen these movies, tell us what you think. If you haven't, uh, tell us if you're interested. Let us know what you think about what we talked about. And uh, don't forget, if you haven't already, please do go to longlivethevoid.com to check out any of our shit. And if you like this episode or any of our episodes, Please add us and subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a rating if you like. Uh, tell our parents that we're awesome. Um, shout at your neighbor. Tell My them. My mom already knows I'm awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but. <laughs> Knock on your neighbor's door and be like, yo, dude, download this shit, bro. 
My mom listens to this podcast, guys. Does she? She does. She's super cute. Well, hello, uh, hello, Mrs. Brittany, Mrs. Uh, Brother of Brittany. Her name is Penny, like the coin. Penny. Penny, thanks for listening. We love you. <laughs> but seriously, though, guys, we thank you so much for listening and tuning in every week. If you have some ideas, if you have some thoughts, share them with us. We got some, we got so some really fun. cool people behind us. And a uh, big shout out to our friend Esmeralda. Esmeralda! She had a birthday. What's up, girl? Happy birthday! I didn't mention it on the Monday's episode, but I'm giving it to you now, so it's like an extended birthday. birthday. She's one of our for our big listeners, so big shout out. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you guys so much for listening. Stay weird, monsters. monsters.